Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'm extraordinarily thrilled to bring to you today this episode live from Podcast Movement 2018. Today, I am sitting in the Podcast Movement Studio, where thanks to TalkShoe, they are sponsoring a live podcast with a special thanks to Heil Sound for providing microphones and headphones to record podcasts live at Podcast Movement. I have not yet done a podcast where I'm the guest and host on innovation and compliance, but it seemed like the perfect time to do so because I'm going to get to talk about two of my favorite things. The first, obviously, is innovation and compliance, but the second is the 2017 World Champion Houston Astros. For those who may not have known, the Astros won the World Series in 2017 in um, very dramatic fashion, beating the Los Angeles Dodgers in a seven-game series, one of the greatest series uh, certainly that I've seen since uh, I've never seen the Astros win a World Series, and indeed until last year, they'd never won a World Series game. But this actually relates to innovation and compliance because the Astros utilized data analytics, AI, and innovative techniques to create the team that won the 2017 World Series. This was all detailed in a book by Ben Ryder. Ben Ben is a uh, reporter at Sports Illustrated, and in 2013, I believe, he wrote an article which became a cover of Sports Illustrated, uh, frankly laughed at at the time, because the cover said that in 2017, the Astros won the World Series, and it pictured George Springer. Well, George Springer was the 2017 World Series MVP for the World Series winning Astros. And his book, new book, is called Astro Ball, The New Way to Win It All. And in this, he expands on his reporting at Sports Illustrated as to what the Astros did around data, its use of data, and incorporate data into their business strategy going forward. It details the story of Jeff Lunau and Sig Meidel, uh, both uh, data analytics fans, but also baseball men, or at least Lunau was. He was with the um, St. Louis Cardinals, the director of scouting, and came over to be the general manager of the Astros. Sig, on the other hand, was a true data geek. He was a former NASA scientist who loved baseball and went into baseball working uh, at the Cardinals and left and went over with uh, Lunau to the Astros. So they use data in three ways that directly relate to the compliance realm that I'm going to talk about in today's podcast. The first was they used data in their selection of players. The second, they used data in their development of players. And the third was they are applying data going forward. So how do you utilize data, big data, data analytics, and AI in your compliance program? So first of all, let's talk about the compliance role in data. So data is not something that interp- excuse me, communicates. It's something you must interpret. And so the compliance practitioner has to uh, train AI to help collaborate in the arena involving data. Uh, the compliance practitioner starts with a massive amount of data 
And from there, you use AI to help facilitate compliance communications. You have to train AI to uh, not only interpret the data, but then extrapolate from the data. And this is in many ways the struggle that Lunau and Modul uh, had to engage in starting with the St. Louis Cardinals, but then on to the Houston Astros. Because having the data is certainly one thing, but interpreting the data and then building AI to take account of the various uh, variations in data. So one of the best examples uh, was Mike Trout. Mike Trout is the best player in baseball right now, and he was not the number one draft pick in his year. And so the reason Trout was downgraded was simply because he was from the state of New Jersey, which had produced very few Major League Baseball players. But more importantly, there was a lack of data around what Trout had done in high school because of the weather in New Jersey. Many games were rained out. So uh, Trout, or rather the data was incomplete, and there had to be some way to uh, consider the data vis-a-vis uh, -vis players, high school players from California, Arizona, Houston, who literally get to play year-round. What about players uh, from uh, the state of Mississippi who may not have competed against uh, top-notch competition? How do you account for that? Uh, is the data itself enough? Uh, the answer is no. You've got to build algorithms to uh, adjust for that. So if you think about that in compliance, think about that in terms of risk. Think about that in terms of risk going forward in the different risk areas across the globe. Obviously, the risk in the United States, the risk in Great Britain, the risk in Canada is far different from the risk in uh, West Africa, Central Asia, or you name the country. How do you account for that difference in risk? Well, that's really where a compliance practitioner needs to bring training. So another issue for the compliance practitioner is sustaining decisions. Is AI functioning properly and safely? Uh, now, this is simply not the uh, trolley car hypothetical or even self-driving cars, but really moving towards true ethical uh, decision-making. How are you going to utilize the data overlaid with a plethora of not only internal policies and procedures, but also such uh, uh, laws as or regulations as GDPR? Uh, if GDPR does not allow you to utilize the data in a certain manner or, or HIPAA, uh, really, uh, you name the data, data regulatory regime, where does it come in? So the role of the compliance officer is uh, significant in all of this going forward. Um, but it's more than simply the compliance officer because AI has to assist the compliance officer going the other way. So how can AI uh, assist the compliance function? Well, through three mechanisms. One is AI can amplify strengths. Two, AI can interact with compliance customers, i.e. internal employees, third parties, and other stakeholders, thereby lengthening the reach of compliance. And then three, AI can extend out compliance capabilities. Artificial intelligence can boost our analytic and decision-making abilities by providing the right information at the right time. This is called amplification. Amplification is further enhanced through the iterative nature of the process, such as a smart machine learning and evolving through additional information that's digested. In the compliance realm, this place would obviously be in the review of uh, third parties, 
uh, excuse me, anti-corruption laws uh, overlaid with third parties. So think about uh, the number of third parties you have in your supply chain. Obviously, this is going to be a huge number in many companies, uh, multinational companies. This can be literally tens of thousands. How can you analyze those for true compliance risk or other risks, financial risk, reputational risks, or other risks? Number two, interacting. This is the one of the most interesting areas, I think, for compliance and AI going forward. Consider AI communicating with the internal reporters of a hotline. Do you, does your company have an English-only business policy? This may hamstring your compliance communications from a training perspective, but it also can from a reporting perspective. Well, what if you had an AI that could not only communicate with a native reporter in their native language, but also report back to you as the compliance officer in your language, in English? Think about the power of that. What about uh, providing answers to frequently asked questions through stores of data and even analyzing a caller's voice uh, to determine if there needs to be immediate follow-up? If AI can't handle a call to the hotline, uh, it can be turned over to a compliance representative and then followed up. Through the use of AI in these manners, a compliance practitioner can focus more on addressing complex issues and allow the native intelligence of AI to move forward and address the more straightforward questions. Number two, AI can interact with compliance customers, i.e. your employees. So AI is uh, certainly able to interact, but what if you could extend out these capabilities? So here I want to point to the example that Vince Walden wrote about in his article in Fraud Magazine called Profit and Loss of One. Walden and his colleagues at Ernst & Young work with General Electric to develop the concept of the digital twin for compliance. Now, the digital twin is something that is well-known in the manufacturing industry. It's well-known uh, in a wide variety of industries, such as aerospace. The digital twin allows you to test a product to failure. So here you can think about the wing on an airplane, but you can also think about the tensile strength of metal. You certainly don't want to have to t test that uh, in the field. So how can you test it? Well, you can create a digital twin, and on your computer, you can move it to failure. Now think about that same concept in terms of a compliance program. Where in your compliance program, if you pressure tested it, would you find uh, potential uh, weaknesses or even failure? So um, this is what Walden and his team did, where they used the digital twin to analyze and simulate real-world conditions, responding to changes, improving operations, and predicting failures before they occurred. They did this by creating a more detailed risk model that the GE business development team members faced, then used a digital twin concept to pressure test to see where a failure might occur. Armed with this knowledge, the compliance team was able to deliver a risk management solution to General Electric employees based upon their assessment of individual risk. Now think about that for the your own compliance program. Think about if you could test the weaknesses in your system in high-risk areas, once again, West Africa, Central Asia, or, or you name the country, or even non-high-risk areas uh, where there is always some risk of compliance violation. What about the concept that Donald Rumsfeld used to talk about, unknown unknowns? Are there unknowns within your organization in terms of control failures or control overrides? Do certain uh, employees have the ability to surreptitiously override internal financial and compliance controls going forward. 
this can be a huge problem, um, particularly if you don't know about it. So um, the, this use of AI and compliance can allow a company to move forward to data mine to even find these types of associations. This is using AI not simply in seeing patterns and correlations, but it's a much broader use of AI because it discovers casual or causal links rather. From the compliance practitioner's perspective, you can then step in and take a much deeper dive if required. The identification of red flags at this level is, is almost at a meta level, moving compliance into the truly prescriptive role, which I think is going to be the next gold standard of compliance. So you can see that this uh, can be a very, very powerful tool. Now let's take a look at uh, AI in the context of driving the compliance profession going forward. And here, let me go back to Moneyball, Ben Ryder, and the Astros, because the data analytics processes that the Astros used was fundamentally rather a backward looking and therefore static process. Luau and Sig Meidel's projections had brilliantly harnessed all sources of information, hard, soft, human statisticals to predict the future. And, and I'm reading from uh, Astro Ball here. But there was another level beyond that, a world of innovation that would allow the Astros to stay ahead of the competition who had gotten wise to the techniques that had turned them into champions. To reach it requiring figuring out how to exploit this big data, this information, to enable players to attain a level of success that their past performance suggested was beyond them. And to give uh, someone like Jose Altuve, who is literally a small slap hitter, a growth mindset to become, in 2017, the American League not only best hitter, but American League most valuable player. It's one thing to predict the future. It's another thing to change it. And that's where I think AI can come in to help the compliance practitioner, literally by reimagining the business process. A large data project, such as an entire supply chain review from the compliance perspective, is an excellent candidate. But processes that are more manual now and run more slowly are also good candidates. The next step for the compliance practitioner is to consider how compliance would work with an AI solution to co-create a new solution, literally using big data to innovate going forward, not simply a regression analysis. While third-party risk management process still has its flaws, you can certainly think about here the recent FCPA enforcement action involving Panasonic Avionics and the failures of its third-party due diligence vendor and third-party due diligence program to engage in ongoing monitoring, which led to a huge compliance failure. Artificial intelligence could recognize that when there are changes in both the nature and character of third parties, this could be an indicia of corruption. At the very least, it's a red flag which should be raised. There are five characteristics of a business process which a company should want to improve, including in the compliance function. There are flexibility, speed, scale, decision-making, and personalization. A chief compliance officer should determine which of these characteristics is central to a desired compliance transformation and how intelligent collaboration with AI could be harnessed to address this and what alignments and trade-offs with other characteristics would be necessary. Flexibility can provide the compliance practitioner with a more nimble response when a company wants to improve a new high-risk area to sell to a high-risk customer or even offer a product or service which puts them at risk for corruption, such as beginning to sell products or services to a 
state-owned enterprise or foreign government. And here you can think about the services sold by uh, McKinsey to the South African electrical uh, concern, ESCOM. Uh, that's a service offering, yet uh, it may have gotten uh, McKinsey and company in FCPA hot water. So one can envision AI helping out not only to analyze the parameters of a project, but also take into account the widest range of information to a more efficient risk assessment. Speed's not often a byword of compliance, but it is certainly a byword of every business person I, development person I've ever known. AI can supplement fraud detection in both high volume and high risk transactions to give business folks more information. AI can bring together data from disparate systems and even uh, silo data for a more focused review going forward. At this point, the compliance function uh, can design a more effective risk management solution more quickly and more efficiently. Scale is something which usually bedevils compliance practitioners. Simply the quantity of data available can be overwhelming. When you couple this with the need to put out continuous compliance communications, it can all see overwhelming. Here, AI can assist in scaling up such activities, such as the review of hiring candidates from the compliance perspective to providing bots to answer basic compliance inquiries from employees or even respond to those who may call the whistleblower hotline. Good compliance decision-making requires tailored and effective training and ongoing compliance communications. Both of these requirements were enshrined in the 2017 Department of Justice Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs document. This is particularly true for employees who are on the front line who may be required to make decisions you could eventually set, which could set a company up for potential FCPA exposure. Here you can think about the digital twin concept that I talked about uh, earlier that uh, Vince Walden and his team at Ernst & Young helped implement at General Electric. That knowledge can provide a much more robust compliance solution. Finally, consider personalization. Consider the benefits when a company pairs a digital twin, GE's profit and loss of one to a more tailored and effective compliance program for individual employees. More information is made available down to the individual employee level and bring a level of precision of a company's solution previously unimaginable. All of this means the opportunities out there. Companies and compliance practitioners have to grasp it and take advantage of the opportunity. Tomorrow's leaders will be those who embrace collaborative intelligence, transformation of their operation and markets and industries, and no less importantly, their workforces. Certainly, this is true for the compliance professional. For the Astros, think about how they used data. Obviously, this was important in selecting players, but have to remember that since 1965, there have been four number one draft picks who never made it to the major leagues. They played in the minors, um, but they never made it to the big leagues. The Astros drafted two of those, and that was using data analytics. So data analytics in and of itself does not predict the future. But where I was the most intrigued about the Astros' use of data was around player development. Because if you think about Jose Altuve, if you think about Dallas Keuchel, if you think about even Justin Verlander, all of those players were actually made better because of the use of data. Now, the Astros made some mistakes around this. Uh, J.D. Martinez has become one of the top hitters in the National League. He completely revamped his swing, and this that he did on his own, on information he learned on his own, but the Astros failed to take account of this. Uh, and the Astros cut him without having uh, tested his new theories about he, how he had evolved his batting. So, once again, data is not the buy-all, end-all, but if you use data to improve, 
that's how the Astros made the World Series. Um, it wasn't their number one um, position in drafting for three years because for two of those years, uh, two of those players never made it to the big leagues um, through injuries or because of injuries, rather. So the Astros' use of data in identifying players that met their criteria was only one part of it. And that's really the point I want to emphasize to the compliance practitioner. You can make your compliance process more efficient, more robust, and at the end of the day, your company more profitable if you use data going forward. And that's what the Astros did. And that's how they utilized big data to take them to the World Series. I cannot recommend the book Astro Ball enough. Once again, by Ben Ryder, uh, reporter at Sports Illustrated. Uh, if you're interested in the Astros at all, and obviously you know I am, this is uh, a great book. It's a great read, but I, I found it to have a lot of um, application for the compliance practitioner going forward. This is Tom Fox. I'm the compliance evangelist. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Innovation in Compliance. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.